It's another month in comedy, and that means it's time again for the Roundup. Tonight, we're checking in with four of our favorite crowd killers from right here in the six as they take the stage at the return of Just for Laughs Toronto. It's festival time. The panel is loaded. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. I was running through the six with my woes. Welcome to Inside yeah. Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I was running through the six with my woes. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming coast-to-coast across the nation on the Global News Network. And brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Heme Optical, helping you pick out festival tickets online more clearly. How about that? Because... It is festival time here in Toronto. We just got through the summer. We just had all the excitement of, of course, Montreal, fringe festivals, comedy festivals coming back. But here in Toronto, it is the return and the rebrand of a festival we haven't seen in this city for a couple of years. Listeners of our show will love and remember uh, JFL Toronto, which was sort of our own spinoff of the big Montreal Fest, uh, ran for almost a decade here in Toronto. Now it is back and it is rebranded. It is just for laughs, Toronto. And tonight, of course, it's the end of the month, so it is time for another Roundup panel, and we're talking to four of our absolute favorite local comics hitting the stage this coming week at JFL Toronto. Vince Tedesco, our producer, is on the line. How are you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. I'm surprised I haven't gotten tone deaf with all your yelling and screaming. I'm very jaunty. I'm, I don't know why or how I have this energy, but I do. Yeah. Uh, no, JFL Toronto coming uh, September 22nd this week, running till October 1st. Get out and see some great comedians. And we're going to, some of these comics, well, all of these comics have joined us on the show over the years, but some of them more recently. Uh, but I want to pick their brain about that because this is, of course, this festival was on hiatus for a couple of years during the unpleasantness, we'll call <laughs> We'll yes, call the it unpleasantness. the unpleasantness. And of course, you know, we were talking all summer about how Just for Laughs in Montreal came back bigger and better than ever. And they sort of, they celebrated their 40th anniversary and it was back to the full huge fest. Uh, same thing here in Toronto. We haven't seen JFL 42 in a couple of years. And this is sort of a relaunch of that. Montreal is, of course, it's this huge industry thing where people swoop in from across Canada and across the US and the UK, like every sort of Every comedy scene in the world is involved in some way in JFL Montreal. This festival feels a lot more close to the chest for, for, for Toronto comics because this is really sort of highlighting our local scene here. It's a much more localized festival. It's more about Torontonians getting out and seeing who's who in Canadian comedy in this city right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the headliners are still coming in, but on our panel today, we have some of the best homegrown talent uh, that's killing it in festivals. Not all Toronto, because... Uh, Ola's from Vancouver, so yeah. shout out to the West Coast, a little represent there. But yeah, these are some of the best comics working uh, on stage, as you can see, on any given night, not just at JFL, but they'll be showcased throughout this festival. That's it. It's the roundup. It's the end of another month in comedy. It's festival time in the six, and we got a full panel. Let's go! Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, 
and in fact, planet Earthwide. If you have the internets on Global News Online, it is, of course, the end of another month in comedy, and that means it is time again for the roundup. We have a full panel absolutely stacked with crowd killers tonight because we're talking all things JFL Toronto. That's right, boys and girls. Just for Laughs is returning to the six. It's a relaunch. It's a rebrand after a couple of years on hiatus. So if you used to go to JFL 42 and love that festival, it's back. It's better than ever. Right here. Let's go to the panel. We got a full panel tonight. And by the way, Canadian comics are nothing if not dedicated and resilient. We've learned that over the last few years. This panel is no different. Out in Vancouver, we have our friend Ola Dada, who's literally joining us while he is, for some reason, blind in one eye. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good. Just kicking it. Living life. <laughs> literally wearing an eye patch on the air and just squinting your way through. That's, I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's Canadian comedy radio right there. It's nothing but pure dedication. But of course, so Ola, we had you on the show not too long ago. We've talked to you a few times during what I'm affectionately just calling the pandy, because let's try and make it <laughs> more fun. But you've joined us a couple times talking about the Vancouver comedy scene and what you've been out to out there. But you are joining us for the return of this fest here in Toronto. Yeah. And I know, of course, I mean, obviously, you know, JFL Montreal has always been like the big ticket event on the comedy calendar for everybody in this country. And just comics in the entire industry everywhere but of course out in the west coast there is jfl northwest for you coming and doing the toronto fest how how much of a sort of career milestone is that because the jfl in montreal has always been like if you get booked to go do like new faces or homegrown there that's like that's kind of a career maker always yeah um for me honestly it's a, a dream come true you know to be able to come out to toronto and just be around so such amazing comedians man like I mean, obviously, dream come true is like, I mean, the cliche statement, but like, I mean, I couldn't ask for anything else. And like, I'm just excited to go out there because I just I'm just so ready to be out there. You know what I mean? Ready to be out there. And I hope you have both eyes by the time you get here on stage. Even if you don't, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. you're going to kill it. Anyways, <laughs> you can just Forrest Whitaker your way through that set. It doesn't matter. You will oh. have to kill it. But we are glad to have you come here in Toronto because, I mean, you know, we've been talking about this a lot this past season or two on, on this show. It's uh, how how much amazing stuff has been pumping out of the vancouver scene so it's nice to see some of that here in this festival and of course just bring these scenes together post pandy all right we're gonna go around the panel another returning friend of the show that we chatted with not too too long ago al val is back ladies and gentlemen al val how are you doing i'm great i'm i'm honored to be among such studs and babes today yeah <laughs> i'm glad we all went video because i get to see all your gorgeous faces for our listeners so, at home, too, I mean, you might see this on the Instagram promos, but we are all wearing sunglasses in solidarity with Ola Dada. Dean, I love how your show is called Inside Jokes, and you just blew the only inside joke. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> we had one plan. I thought so. Oh, one plan. <laughs> Thank you, Alval. Thank you very much for that. Alval, exactly. you know how good I was at keeping a bit in. That's why I retired. <laughs> That was my gift to Canadian comedy. It was honestly, it was worth it just to see Vince's Vince roll his eyes into the back of his head. Be like, we didn't last three <laughs> minutes. Sorry, I just swore. Are we allowed swearing? Oh, God. It's fine. I encourage more swearing. And I mean, I know that's more work for our producer, Natasha, but I'm going to say for our listeners, still the record champion of most bleeps on a show is Martha Chavez. Which of you can break that streak? We'll see. All right, going across the panel, we have another returning friend of the show, also been very, very busy these past couple of years, Courtney Gilmore, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Ooh. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. 
It's, I mean, yourself and Al, I mean, you've both been on the show recently during the unpleasantness, we'll call it. But I mean, now that this festival is back, both of you have had an incredibly busy last couple of years, despite all odds of what sort of, you know, ups and downs in the industry and things going on pause. But I mean, it's been a fantastic couple of years for both of you. I mean, Courtney, for you, seeing this festival come back, it was on pause for a couple of years. It's sort of rebranded, relaunched, just much like Montreal did this year. How important is it for you as a Toronto comic to, I mean, obviously being part of the JFL brand and being one of those festivals, that's always a huge sort of feather in the cap for any comic. How essential is this festival for you just for scene building here at home? Because it's really more of a chance for Toronto audiences to see a lot of our own comics and what's actually a snapshot of what's happening in this city right now. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm so excited because you can tell that the Just for Laughs brand has been expanding over the past couple of years. We got more stuff going on in Vancouver and Montreal and here, but it feels like they're adding even more stuff like street festival stuff and more shows. There's so much opportunity to be showcased. And because, as you said, like the pandemic really put a pause on all of our careers, it feels like the first like home homecoming comeback for a lot of us to be able to showcase our you know our headlining sets for our own hometown um and under the just for laughs umbrella is so exciting because now it feels like the first toronto year in a bit where people are just going to come out and come to our shows and check us out and see our new stuff and yeah i'm really excited for it i'm stoked I, I do think it's really important for Toronto too for sort of scene building because all of the comics we see in this city right now and all the venues that have sort of reopened or new new little independent clubs that have sprung up in the last couple of years, it is a chance for local audiences to come out who maybe had never even watched live local comedy before and go, okay, oh, okay, I saw Al Val at JFL. Now I'm going to go to Comedy Bar and watch them there. Like it's a chance for them to actually know what's going on in the city right now, which is a different thing from Montreal because Montreal is sort of this big... You know, people swarm into that city from everywhere. It's a whole couple weeks of hype and hoopla, but then it's that's it. Then everybody leaves. So here it's a chance for us to sort of here's what's going on in this city, in this hub. Before we go to break, last but certainly not least, another very resilient Canadian comic literally joining us on the air from bed with the flu or dysentery or something. It's not COVID. It's not COVID. That's no. what we say that. Juliana Rodriguez is back. How are you doing? Hey guys, what's up? I, I mean, it's incredible. You're literally on the radio from uh, being sick in bed. I'm, I am on the radio from being sick in bed. I, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's not much more to say than that. I am <laughs> dying at the moment, but I am just so excited to be on this panel. I was like, I have to pull through. I have to do it. I tell you, you cannot stop Canadian comics. No, you can't. You really can't. No, it was like, not at all. Not at all. It was like pre-pandy. The whole thing was, oh, we can't get money from radio plays anymore. So let's start a union. And then it was like pandemic schmandemic. We're going to still, <laughs> we're going to yeah. do shows. And now it's losing an eye or having the flu. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's right. It's That's totally right. fine. All right. We have an absolutely stacked panel. There's lots to get into. I want to pick everyone's brains about how much of a different animal this sort of return of the fest is. We're going to come back with more of our roundup panel right here on Inside Jokes. What's up, cutie pie? Yes, you, cutie patootie. It's Al Bell. I'm a comedian, and I'm here on Inside Jokes. You're listening to Inside Jokes. That's what you're listening to. Bounce, stop, bounce, stop. 
Sunday, Sunday, looking forward to the show. I keep trying to do that every week on Inside Jokes because we are Sunday night and just somehow it gets even worse every single time. <laughs> Inside Jokes. Bombs every week. And bombs, and bombs dies every week, much like I used to on stage. Uh, you are listening to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you as always by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical. Helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. How about that? We have, it is the roundup. We have an absolutely full panel of crowd killers because it is festival time in the six. It is the return and the relaunch of Just for Laughs Toronto, which if you're just joining us after the break, you might remember and love the festival JFL 42. It took place in this city from 2012 to pre-pandy times and now it is back it is just for laughs toronto we have four of our favorite crowd killers on the air with us now all appearing on this festival i'm going to throw it to the panel by the way because i know all of you i mean some of you performed on jfl 42 before it went on pause obviously we've all been to that festival we all we all remember how it worked it was always a very very different animal from montreal though because montreal Mm -hmm. you know you can't you can't avoid just for laughs when it's happening in Montreal. It's it's very much comedy Mardi Gras. You go to that city, it swallows up yeah. the entire city. The whole downtown is shows, panels, street festivals, outside performances, off JFL stuff. It really just sort of takes over the city. JFL 42 in Toronto was a much different animal. You You kind of had to really be a comedy fan to know what was going on. And the way it worked for all of us that remember, you sort of would load up your passes it was just spread out in different venues all across the city, but there was, it was very easy to not know what was happening unless you were either in the industry or sort of a diehard comedy fan. How much of a different animal do you think the return of the fest will be this year? I mean, Al Val, we'll throw that to you first, I guess, because obviously being on JFL 42 would have always been a, again, a kind of a career maker for local comics. This seems like it's a bit of a different flavor now for the relaunch of this festival. I feel like it used to confuse people almost. Well, yeah, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like uh, just for laughs in Montreal, you can buy single tickets to single shows, whereas yeah. JFL 42, you have to buy them in packages and go to multiple shows. You can't just buy a single admission. So whereas I feel like JFL Montreal is for fans, JFL 42 is for fanatics, like the full yes. spelled yeah. out intense word, because it's for it's for people who love comedy so much that they'll spare the... the three nights out of their out of the 10 days of the festival to come see shows it's wild so all that to say uh i feel like the fact that we've had two years since this festival right yeah mm-hmm. because of the break i feel like there should be some kind of a slingshot effect and overcompensation for people who have been craving this kind of festival this sort of entertainment for so long yeah and it was because it was i i do remember i mean yeah, if you were a comedy fanatic or if you were a comic, like at the time I was still doing stand-up, it, it was great because you would go, it, was, it, it confused a lot of people though, because you would go to a show and you would have your pass and you would check into the show. And then if you checked into the show at a certain time, you could re-up. So then you would get a credit that you could put towards another show. So you could like in theory go to like 35 shows that week or something, which I don't know if the average person is going, <laughs> is going to do that. Uh, I mean, Courtney, for this festival returning, I feel like, you know, Montreal's sort of this big thing where people descend on it from across Canada, across the U.S. It's very industry heavy. Obviously, a lot of comics go there to sort of be seen by bookers and agents and club owners and all that stuff. It's a very industry heavy festival. It also has a very American bent to it. 
like, you know, obviously we bring in headliners for this Toronto festival as well, of course, but Montreal is very, it's sort of almost a co-production. It feels like a Canadian and American festival that kind of just happens in Montreal. So it's sort of like all this stuff descends on the city and then leaves. I feel like the return of this Toronto festival is much more close to the chest for Canadian comics. It's more about sort of showing audiences what we have going on and it's a lot more, I think, stage time for our own headliners. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is a lot more um, showcasing longer sets from local headliners. Um, I do think, so I think Al Bell is right in terms of like the fans versus fanatics, like JFL 42 has always been sort of accommodating for like comedy groupies who really want to check out late night spots and stuff. Yeah. Um, this year I do feel, so they actually are selling single tickets for the festival this year. And <laughs> I think that they're trying to, I think that there's going to be a good mix of like, accommodating the fanatics but also expanding across the city with like the street shows and stuff and making it more like what you're saying Dean with like the citywide festival type vibe I think they're sort of getting into that territory which to me is honestly very exciting because that was the one element that I felt we could really use is like let's make this more of a, a widespread um event where more people know about Toronto comics and local comics or across across the country you know people should be coming to see Ola do a headlining set you know whether they're from Toronto <laughs> Ola's given that <laughs> <laughs> but like for sure it's 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 showcasing local talent Canadian uh, content and I really appreciate the emphasis and I think JFL is doing a really good job of catering to the fanatics but also making it more accessible to across the city like come come check out the show and see if this is your vibe so I think yeah the, the showcase of Canadian talent is going to be booming this year yep. so I'm yep. pretty pumped about that it is true and I mean actually Juliana I guess I'll throw this one to you but I mean you know you look at when you first started hitting mics in this city and now with the return of this festival how much of a different landscape the Toronto scene actually is because the comics we're seeing on festivals like this are you know it was in a lot of ways, the last couple of years was sort of the Spanish flu in comedy. I mean, Toronto was a city that had 8.5 million open mics on any given night. And yeah. obviously a huge chunk of that was sort of raised <laughs> in the whole thing. It didn't survive. But the comics that we're now seeing finally reflected on festivals, on galas, on TV tapings. They, these are the comics working and living in this city right now that, that this is just what you do. This is what you do for a living. These are the comics who sort of stuck it through. And our Toronto scene is also drastically different than it was a few years ago. We see a lot of new independent spots that have opened up that have become hot spots and hubs in this city. We've seen a lot of new clubs open up. We saw old heritage rooms close down. So in a lot of ways, Juliana, I mean, how reflective is this festival to you of what actually the scene looks like right here and now? I actually, it's so interesting that you said that because I think I think because there's been uh, over the last couple of years, because the pandemic, a lot of these venues, these open mic venues have closed. I think it breeds this sort of mentality of using my time to the most that I could possibly use it. So it's like taking the extra time to write and just knowing that you're not going to be able to hit four or five mics a night anymore. You can only hit maybe like one or two to like try out that new stuff. So I think yeah. on this sort of like molecular level, it's breeding this uh, sort of like, I don't know, just like better, <clears throat> I don't want to say better comics, but maybe like better writers, just like a better work ethic just in general, because you, you have to maximize your time now in a different way. 
So I don't know. I think I see it reflected for sure. The comics that are on the festival this year are all killers. They're all people that I've known throughout my 10 years of doing stand-up. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited to like showcase all of the, the talent that we have here. I don't know well, if that makes sense. Kind of... Is what I just said, did that make sense? It totally Effic- makes sense. Efficiency is the word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, we've all become so much- <laughs> Juliana Rodriguez has a fever of 305 and it still made absolute sense. It is kind of true though. Like, cause I mean, all four of you know this, especially when you coming up in the Toronto scene, I mean, you get to a point, you finally get to a point in, in comedy where you go, okay, it's not about doing, you know, 12 open mics every single night and running around the city like a maniac and do because you know when you start out, it's all just about grind, 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 grind. Exactly. And a lot of that is like, stuff that you probably could skip you're in you know you're in the junction doing a set for three other comics in the back of the room at two in the morning and you you would run into those set counters people would be like oh man i did 25 sets <laughs> you know you get to a point where like that stuff kind of matters less because yes obviously you have to hit rooms there's workshop rooms you you have to go say new bits somewhere and start honing it but it becomes more about just quality in a way like it, it's sort of you get to a point where you don't need to go out and do seven thousand open mics all the time it's more important mm-hmm. to go get good stage time and to know your own voice and to know your own writing and to know exactly mm-hmm. who you're what audience you want to sort of steer this stuff towards and just who you are on stage mm-hmm. i feel like that whole running around just as many mics as possible kind of becomes less glorified the further you get into this yeah 100 percent um, I feel like a lot of people get lost in the running around doing open mics because when it comes to comedy, there's a lot more aspects to comedy than just obviously performing on stage. And, you know, where we live now, I mean, is it beneficial for me to go to an open mic or stay at home and creating some content or working on my social media? You know what I mean? So, I mean, I really love the fact that you brought up the, the set counter people because I really yeah. hate those people who come at me like, yeah, man, I did five sets tonight. I'm like, well, you know, how many people were at these shows? Like, how many of those yourself? were good? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you might as well have been at home and did it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I think there's definitely this quality over quantity thing happening right now. Like, the shows are better and the mics are better. They're more well attended. People are putting out a lot more effort. And you see it reflected in the comics in Toronto. I mean, even the comics that aren't part of the festival, like, it's just a very high caliber vibe right now, just all around. Yeah, Because we did always kind of, in this in this city where there was so many mics, there were so many comics starting out we did always sort of glamorize the sort of hustle and grind which yes you have to do in comedy but I feel like in the last couple years a lot of the comics that we've talked to on this show have felt this sort of obviously we didn't want any shows to go on pause or anything like that but there was almost this forced sort of balance that happened to a lot of comics because it's such a specific lifestyle gig I mean you're always working at night you're working in clubs you're working in bars you do have to constantly worry about the next thing on your calendar. And it's, it's an all, uh, it's kind of an all consuming job. It's a weird job to do because it's sort of an entire lifestyle job, but I feel like a lot of comics for were forced to sort of get new perspective where be, sort of remembering who you are as a person off stage <laughs> and reconnecting with your off stage life and family and friends and all that stuff kind of was something that a lot of comics hadn't checked in with in a while and is now kind of flavoring their voices going back to work and going back on stage was sort of having that forced balance come in yeah because if you're doing like six seven open mics a night and you're like what are you even talking about on stage you don't even have a life like what are you what is material about you know 
have some life experience and have some balance and priorities and then like develop that quality content because you can easily be going 20 years doing open mic six or seven times a night but what are you saying and is it getting across to anybody like of, of value so yeah I think that it is true like you can't it's that old adage of like you can't abstract from nothing I mean yeah. Al I saw you sort of nodding your head did you find that to be true I mean again obviously there's no comic in the world who's going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, I, I was so glad that all these things got wiped off my calendar and all these paid gigs got canceled. But did you find that sort of the last little while did give you that perspective of reconnecting with life off stage? Because I feel like that sort of breathes something new into your material when you are up there working. Well, yeah, absolutely. Your, your material is always a reflection of your lifestyle. So that's why airplane jokes are so commonplace in stand up because comics are flying all the time. Yeah. And if that's what if that's your entire life, then your material is going to reflect that. So comics who grind, 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 they just they end up having very little of substance to actually say because the 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 career lifestyle has just consumed their uh, consciousness. They're, that's all they think about. It is. And it's all, you know, and that's why you'll get audiences who go out and see a show and they're like, oh, this is what live stand up supposed to be, because they accidentally saw an open mic one time where it was like open mic comics making jokes about each other because they just are doing mm. only that all the time. <laughs> so people, it is always nice when you get that audience come out to a show and they're like, this is what it's supposed to be. Okay. Thank goodness. Cause I saw one once at a bar that I didn't know was happening and oh boy, was that awful. Anyways, we're going to come back with more of our roundup panel, more of the return of just for laughs Toronto right here on inside jokes. Hey, it's Ola Data, a.k.a. Showtime Data, Fort McMorris chosen child, Nigeria boy for life. You're listening to Inside Joe. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Welcome back, babies! You are listening to Inside Jokes. I for sure overmodulated, but I don't care. It's my show, and I'll blow the speakers if I want to. But you're listening to Inside Jokes. It is, of course, the end of another month in comedy, and that means the roundup. We've got a full panel of comics appearing on the return of Just for Laughs Toronto. We have got Al Val. Courtney Gilmore and Juliana Rodriguez all right here in the six and coming to us from the West Coast. We have the crowd killer Ola Dada on the line with us. I want to actually, Ola, I'll throw that one to you first because obviously you're coming into Toronto for this festival. And as we mentioned mm -hmm. earlier in the show, I mean, you do have, there's JFL Northwest happening out there. Montreal's always yeah. a destination for comics. Yeah. For you coming to Toronto to do this fest, I mean, how much does, does the Just for Laughs label have as much like, does that still pack as much punch for comics? Do you think is it still as much of like a career maker to sort of have that in brackets beside your name? Oh my goodness, yes. Um, even like the brand itself, like when I meet people that, that, that find out I do comedy and they find out I'm doing Just Lab, like it just has that like brand recognition that it's not just for even just comedy, uh, comics alone. It opens a lot of doors for even just like, you know, corporate gigs and all that kind of stuff. The moment you get that stamping on yourself, it just kind of opens up any kind of avenue you want to really do work in. And I feel like JFL Northwest kind of does the similar thing that this return to this festival does, which it's sort of, yeah. you know, again, they bring in headliners from outside, but it is very much about pin, like putting a spotlight on here's what's happening in the local scene. Cause I mean, exactly. the West coast, I mean, Alberta has always been a great spot for road work. That's always sort of been like the, mm -hmm. the Holy grail of road work. You could go from like casino to casino in town to town and just sort of build your mm -hmm. own paid thing. But the Vancouver scene, I mean, 
it's it's like hey, Trevor Wilson described his own career. It's like an overnight success that happened over the course of 20 years. That's kind of that's kind of what the Vancouver scene has become because we're looking at Vancouver in the last couple of years and going, okay, you got 604 records and comedy here often just pumping out all these Juno nominated albums. Like it's just been an absolute comedy factory. The scene there has really become its own thing. I mean, we talked to Ivan Decker and Simon King about that not too long ago. And they're like, yeah, it was sort of this quiet storm though that's been happening this entire time. Because in Toronto, we are very much it's Toronto. It's sort of like we, yeah. we have that Pleasantville thing of like, there's nothing outside of Main Street. Like we are very sort of self-contained. And in Canadian comedy, it used to be all about you'd rise up through the ranks in whatever scene you come from, and then you'd go to Toronto. It was sort of every couple of years, Halifax mm-hmm. and Ottawa and Calgary would just sort of like dump their headliners into Toronto. It feels yeah. like it's less about that down though. Well, I feel like Toronto is still kind of like this big brother energy. You know what I mean? Like they, they are the big dogs in town. And when you talk about like the Gino, Junos and like uh, people coming from Vancouver, there, there is such a scarcity over here. Because, you know, in Toronto, like you've always had the, the ability to do like five shows. For me, that's ludicrous. Like for me, getting two was like, whoa, that's amazing. You know what I mean? So because of such the uh, scarcity, um, comics really have to be at their top of their game at every show, regardless of even if it was just like, you know, comics coming to a show. Like we always have to be on top of everything to make sure like, you know, you're the best. Because you never know what's going to happen. You never know when you're going to get a spot. You know what I mean? There was like a certain spot. Like when I first started, like before I was even able to even get up on stage, it literally took me like a whole month to be able to get up on stage. Right. And like, yeah. because they were all taken up by uh, the pros at the time. Like, you know, I think that's why it's kind of like breeding such, you know, fierce writers and like competitors in terms of like, you know, uh, the, the global market for comedy. It, <laughs> we have killers out here because it's just like, you have to be a killer to be able to get that opportunity to just showcase yourself in the first place. You really do. I mean, because it, it, obviously it's always been a smaller industry in Canada. It's, you know, there's X yeah. amount of festivals and X amount of sort of tours you're trying to get on. And and it's a lot. That's why we've seen so many more comics in the last few years. It's sort of like comics themselves in a lot of ways have taken over the industry, especially during the last couple of years when all the sort of, you know, the clubs were shut down and the networks mm-hmm. weren't producing anything. It was comics yeah. that kind of like steered the ship and just went, well, I'm just going to build my own tour i'm going to do my own digital content i'm going to start a record label and now it's sort of coming out of the gate now it's like this is sort of what canadian comedy looks like now it's the gatekeepers are still there but it's a little it's a lot more sort of comic driven these days uh courtney and juliana for both of you like i'll throw it to both you because i feel like when you when toronto is already your comedy hometown like this is already where you started on mics here you this is where you started this wasn't a destination for you does it sort of give you a different appreciation for this scene like for you has it always been about just staying here in toronto and it's not necessarily the launch pad for someplace else like what was that always the plan to just be here and work here because this is where you started this is where you cut your teeth yeah i mean for me toronto is is definitely feels like home base and it feels like a great scene because of uh, the competition in, you know, like, it's just a big scene. Um, and there are so many opportunities. But it's funny that you mentioned that, because to sort of go on what Ola was saying, like, I was just in Vancouver a few months ago. Um, and I mean, Vancouver comics work so hard. And I think they are really good at churning out quality content with less shows. Like I was on yeah. a lot of lineups where they were even just off stage, like very quick witted bits. Um, and then on stage, just like the presence and then and just like the hardworking mentality was so there. And so it's very cool to see that side of Canadian comedy because it just solidified the fact that yes, I love being from Toronto and having the spaces and the opportunities to really grind. But like there are other parts 
parts of Canada that are just working really hard and they're focusing on quality. And it, it was good to be reminded of that. So, I mean, I'm a Toronto girl and I love, I got my start here and I think I will always consider this home base, but um, you know, it's nice to be able to travel to other parts of Canada and see that they're working just as hard and they're, they're delivering great, great content that, you know, makes me feel like I need to work harder too. Yeah, I, I'll totally, I, I agree with everything that Courtney said. I think it just goes back to that quality over quantity sort of mentality. Uh, yeah, I got my start here in Toronto. I love the vibe. There's just a different atmosphere here that I don't know if you can quite get elsewhere that I just love and find addictive. But uh, going to Vancouver, having been there for like a couple of days to do Just for Laughs um, New Wave, they like, the comics are incredible. Like they're just so yeah. smart. They're so quick-witted. I think they dress nicer. Just a little side comment. I think <laughs> comics just have a better style. I think Toronto comics are, they just dress for the night. Everybody's in black and <laughs> denim. And for the night. <laughs> but Vancouver comics and the vintage stores are so much better. I'm like everybody here is so cool. It's crazy. But yeah, I love Toronto. I don't think I would ever leave. But uh, yeah, the quality out there is just incredible. It is kind of funny uh, before we go to break, but we, we had Alex Wood on this panel last week and we were talking about the Ottawa scene was very much that it was just a two club town, but the comics there were so hardworking and they it was always just like professional shows and paid audiences and just good solid comedy. And I remember when, when Alex Wood and Trevor Thompson and this flood of comics came to Toronto one year from Ottawa, all of a sudden they'd be doing like a, an open mic at the central and just the look of abject horror on their faces. They'd be like, I don't get paid for this. I'm just doing this for 20 other open mic comics and I got to wait an hour and a half to do that. It's like, yep, welcome to the six. So <laughs> it is always nice seeing these other scenes where it's like, yeah, we only have X amount of stages and X amount of time and they really just pour their all into it. Just like Courtney was saying. Uh, all right, we're going to come back and wrap it up with our roundup panel. We got more to get into on the return of Just for Last Toronto right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, what's up? It's Courtney Gilmore. You can catch me at Just for Laughs Toronto, and you are listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. Oh, that was, I get a, my singing voice is getting more lovely as the show wears on. It is time for the roundup. We have a full panel of comics, absolute crowd killers, all appearing on, of course, this year's return of Just for Laughs Toronto. Uh, we're going to wrap it up and find out where we can catch everyone live, listen to their albums, follow them on socials, all that good stuff. Uh, before we do, Al Val, before the break, we were talking about comics who, you know, Toronto was their comedy hometown versus people coming from elsewhere. You cut your teeth in London, am I right? Back Ooh. seven million years ago when there was still live comedy <laughs> in London, Ontario? Yes, London, uh, Ontario, London, way, Ontario. Not yeah. good London, London, yeah. Ontario. So, um, yeah, I, I started right out of, I went to university at Western and I started straight out of high school first thing. And uh, it took me five years to get a degree. And so for those five years, I was doing comedy in London. So it's, it's interesting hearing Ola Marvel at Comics in Toronto doing five shows a night. For those five years, I was lucky if I got five shows a month, young man. So you pay your respect to your elders and what we've had to go through to get to where we are. Um, so yeah, that's what it was like for me. It was, uh, I wasn't very efficient at all though. I pissed away a lot of opportunities. 
Well, and I mean, London did have more of a scene back then too. Like Toronto comics would go there and do, do shows like quite often back then. But I mean, yeah, that's not so much a thing before. And you also, you came up with Jeff Leeson, who to our audiences is, is, he's sort of this fringe character. He's like a Tyler Morrison that just once in a while appears in the city and demolishes a crowd and then fades back into the night wherever they both go. I don't know. But yeah, it's for you, Al, I mean, was Toronto just sort of, okay, that's, that's the destination in Canadian comedy or did you go, did you ever set your sights on, okay, I'm going to do the traditional Canadian thing of move to Toronto, get the festivals, get my visa and then get out of here. I mean, that's exactly the plan. And it's, <laughs> and it's well in motion. <laughs> I mean, you are well on your way. There's been a lot of festivals and good things the last couple of years. Uh, Courtney Gilmore, speaking of comics being resilient, we did want to bring this up earlier. Ola Dada is doing the show with an eye patch. Juliana has, uh rickets or something she's in bed you did uh courtney but you just you did a show with the power out the other day you were telling us in a yeah. literal blackout it was wild um so i did a, a show called joker's comedy club in richmond hill and uh i was emceeing the whole night and uh my set like went well everything was good feature spots went well and then when we got to the headliner uh frank's this is a testament to how much of a masterful comic and beloved comic frank spadone is he's a he's a killer he's got his own following but the the power went out in the whole building and literally cut his mic and cut the lights right in time for his set and he's just up there in the dark with no mic and he just it was wild and we're like what do we do um he just kept going and the audience was there to see him and they were just like shouting out his own jokes like requesting jokes for him to in the dark like just in the dark up there with no mic and it was like they didn't even notice like the man is just up there in darkness and no sound and he's just like yelling his jokes into the into the darkness and they were loving it like they were just it was sold out crowd uh vince here from uh, inside jokes was there and it was just like something to witness um i was happy that it didn't happen while i was up there but i was really i respected him i was like wow this dude is a killer thank god for canadian comedy like we just he just powered through we all just you know we yeah, just it was a trans it was a transformer that blew so some of the yeah. lights were working but they were rickety and it yeah. was like everybody just made the best of it but yeah it goes to show you what a what a true pro can do on stage and uh yeah. Courtney came out she closed out the night but uh, yeah it was it was a, an intimate vibe and hey Courtney you're part of something memorable that's that's He's Canadian comedy. comedy that's Canadian comedy in a nutshell it's like drive three hours in a blizzard <laughs> For 10 minutes? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll and what it's $15 and a beer ticket. You got it. I will I'll do that. That's Canadian comedy right there. Uh, before we wrap it up, we'll go around where we can find you live, find you on socials, all that good stuff. Ola Dada, where can we catch you online and here in Toronto? Uh on Instagram, TikTok, you can follow me at showtime.data. That's showtime.data. Um, I will be performing in Toronto at the comedy bar uh September 22nd. The alt show at 11 p.m. and then my co-headlining show with uh, Ben Sawyer at uh, Ravioli. You can catch me at the Ravioli at 7 p.m. at 11 p.m. for my co-headlining set with Ben Sawyer. 
Catch catch all alive at the ravioli, which of course is in Vaughn and Woodbridge. <laughs> Two of them. They're yeah. both in Vaughn and Woodbridge. All right, Courtney Gilmore, where can we find you on Tay Internets and of course here at JFL Toronto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Courtney J. Gilmore. It's Gilmore with an M-O-U-R. Um, I'm gonna be at Just for Laughs Toronto. Uh, you can catch me the 27th and the 28th opening for Nick Thune, two shows a night, uh, nine and eleven at the Rivoli and the Garrison. And then I have my own co-headlining show on the 29th at the Rivoli with Hisham Kaladi. That's going to be great, longer sets. And uh, I have an album coming out October 14th and you can grab that anywhere, streaming platforms. And yeah. Excellent. Courtney Gilmore, busy as ever. Juliana, where can we find you online and live doing comedy? Uh, you can find me online on Instagram at Juliana underscore Juliana. My two co-headlining sets are at the Rivoli and the Garrison on the 25th and the 28th, and I'll be opening for Jeremiah Watkins on the 29th and October 1st. XL and Alval, where can we find you on the internets? And of course, live at Just for Laughs Toronto. What's up, Cutie Pies? It's Alval. You're listening to Inside Jokes. Um, <laughs> Friday, Friday, September 23rd, I'm doing the goddamn comedy jam. I'll be singing uh, American Girl by Tom Petty with a live band. Oh the- my God, excellent. At the outdoor stage, I'm terrified. It's going to be so fun. Um, September 27th, I am co-headlining my show with Allie Pierce. She is another phenomenal comic. She was recently on New Wave of Stand-Up as well. She's brilliant. Uh, We're doing uh, our co-headlining sets September 27th at Comedy Bar at 7, September 29th at The Garrison at 11 p.m. And I'm also opening for Dakota Ray Hebert at Comedy Bar on September 28th at 8. Yes. And um, you can follow me on all social media at Alval Comedy, A-L-V-A-L Comedy. And my podcast is called Podgis, P-O-D-G-I-S. Check there we go. Look at all these comics have so many things going on. Pandy Schmandy. That's what I say. That is our panel. <laughs> Do not miss the great return of Just for Laughs Toronto. It's a whole new festival. It's rebranded. It's launched. It's live. It's better than ever. Taking over Toronto. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. We will be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx is Al Val. Enjoy. Yeah. So I came out. Actually, it's kind of it's poetic that I'm doing this tonight because I'm, I'm not joking. Two years ago to the day I came out on stage uh, and I came out as queer. It's a nice umbrella term. For me, it encapsulates all I'm about. I'm, I'm gender fluid. I do this like half the time, you know? And then uh, I'm attracted to men, women, trans. At this point, it's a lot easier to identify as queer than desperate, I think. <laughs> it just sounds nicer, you know? My favorite sex game, we just gather a bunch of people into a room, we turn off the lights and everybody just goes, nom, 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 nom. 